Oh, right. what are we doing, Luke? What are we watching? How much blood is coming out of this man? What the hell just happened? What are you looking at? Darkness? Yeah, darkness. The head went all the way in. The new Elvis coming out tonight. Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I'm Marcus. And I'm Luke. Once upon a time on a sad Valentine in a place known as Henniger Mine, we're back for another Valentine's Day special. Were you singing the Ballad of Harry Warden there? Like... Yeah. <laughs> the Ballad of Henry Warden from My Bloody Valentine 1981. Man, that's a movie as old as you and I. Uh, not... Uh, or uh, the movie we watched tonight, uh, much newer than that. Well, welcome to Random February. We're here a little bit late, but we're here. We're uh, kicking it off with uh, the My Bloody Valentine remake from uh, 2009. Right, or as it was released at the time, uh, My Bloody Valentine 3D. Uh, Before we start with this one, though, um, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last year. We put it in our review. But, you know, since we record most of these podcasts right after we watch the movie, we don't do a whole ton of research. Um, uh, we we did not talk about it on the podcast that when we watched the original My Bloody Valentine is that we didn't realize that there was a uncut version at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up watching the, you know, the, the cut version, uh, which is much, as it turns out, uh there's a lot of stuff that they cut from that original version. I, I liked that movie enough and I was interested in it enough that I actually, I ended up buying the, the uncut version and um, yeah, the, the kills that are cut from the movie are, are pretty gnarly. Uh, but what a difference a year makes. Cause uh, last year that I think that was the only way that you could find that was by buying it. But um, it, it seems to be that uh, both versions are streaming now. If you have not seen the original, my bloody Valentine, First of all, watch it because it's a classic slasher. And second of all, make sure it's the uncut edition. Yeah, you'll have a much better time. Um, you know, I, I recently saw it, it, it. I feel like there's a this happens like once every couple of months. Like there's always like, hey, here's a list of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies. Here's a list of Quentin Tarantino's favorite dramas. Here's a list of, you know, Quentin Tarantino's favorite war movies. So the other day I, I saw a list it was uh, a list of Quentin Tarantino's favorite slasher movies. And I was kind of shocked that the 1981, my bloody Valentine is his number one slasher movie. The, oh, uh, it's his number one. I thought it was just on the list. No, no, it's, it's his number one. It was, it was his number one and it's, it's the uncut version. And, um, you know, he goes on and on about how, um, how awesome that movie is. Like he, he fucking loves that movie. Yeah. We, on our podcast last year, we also did mention like the classic slashers and we do have to, <laughs> we have not watched any of them. Uh, we talked about the burning and uh, you know, a couple other ones. So we got to get on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen the burning before. We just haven't discussed it. Right. We, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I remember that movie being really good. I, I just, we watched that one um, a while ago. I don't remember even when, but um, that was, that was a good one. So here we are, My Bloody Valentine 2009. Uh, I guess we should put uh, a small spoiler warning out there because there is sort of a twist in this one. So, um, I, I mean, it's not like a 
good twist, but it's there. So spoilers for uh, My Bloody Valentine 2009. Right. Just like My Bloody Valentine 1981, um, this becomes a whodunit. Uh, whereas in the first movie, or the original movie, I should say, uh, the twist is is pretty well done, and it really keeps you guessing till the end. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was hindsight is twenty twenty, but watching it, you know, I've, I've only seen this the one time when it came out in two thousand and nine with you. Uh, but man, it's pretty obvious who the killer is. Well, let's remember the time period that we're in, right? So this is the two thousands. It is the end of the two thousands, but um, you know, two thousand nine still felt like the early two thousands. Watching this movie, and there's nothing subtle about movies like this made in that decade no so man yeah subtlety is not this movie's strong point at all uh this this movie uh spits in the mouth of subtlety <laughs> and then it hits it's in it, your face and then it it's hits extreme it, and then it hits it with a pickaxe and then it rips its jaw off and it fucking flies into the screen in 3d cutting edge <laughs> 2009 <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about 3d for a second you and i did see this one in the theater together um we did and um was there didn't is another thing that happened in you know the the early mid late 2000s is that whenever something came out on dvd it was always like the unrated cut right right and i think this one had it as well i can't imagine but, what um, was added jesus christ well, you know, we've since figured out that you can call anything unrated just by adding any kind of footage. It doesn't have to be. Right. You know, so it's just a huge marketing ploy. But we we did see this one in the theater together. Uh, we were into the 3D at the time. Everybody uh, was, dude. It was huge. Yeah, it came back. It came back with a vengeance. Hey, hey, do you know what else came out that year? What was that? Fucking Avatar, the first one. Oh, really? It was, it was the same year. <clears throat> well, man, Avatar's effects look a whole lot better than this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> man, it's like not even playing the same sport. Yes. You know, and if I'm being honest, like I, you know, I was into the 3D stuff back then because, you know, it was new and it was a novelty. Right. And stuff like that. But I always um, had a problem with it because number one, I wear glasses. So it's like, how the fuck do I do this? I don't want to wear contacts. So I'm wearing it on top of my glasses. Right. And, uh, I mean, that's just an inconvenience to me personally. But one of the things that used to piss me off about watching these movies in 3d is because like the 3d glasses were tinted a little bit so that everything was darker. Everything was darker. And then the other thing that pissed me off about, uh, the 3d of that time uh, and let's not forget the impact of the 3D of that time. I mean, people were selling uh, 3D TVs, and there's still people with fucking useless mm -hmm. ass 3D TVs in their houses. 3D Blu-ray players, right, in their houses right now as we speak because of of those times. I think there was a bundle. Like, I think this movie started that craze. Like, I think there was a bundle that you could buy the My Bloody Valentine 3D edition that came with glasses, right. And they were even being bundled with like Blu-ray 3D players. Right. Um, yeah, I, that sounds about right. I, I, dude, I just remember, <laughs> I, dude, it was like, what do we think was going to happen? Did we, did we think that there was going to be like a multitude of like 3D movies from here on out? Like that's what it was going to be like? Because that's looking back on it now, it's kind of quaint, right? 
Yeah, it's sort of like I guess it was more successful than that. But do you remember, um, you know, the first, well, not the first, but the the Hobbit movies, you know, that Peter Jackson did his second foray into the world of Tolkien. And you remember he was doing some like high frame rate camera that was supposed to make it look more realistic. I don't know if you remember that or you saw it no, in the theater like that. I I remember, and then this is that's what uh, Cameron ended up doing for Avatar too. Also, he's like a, he used a super um, uh, high rate frame rate, uh, you know, HD. So yeah, it looks unreal. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that even now. Even though I I loved Avatar too, but uh, well, I I always felt like I felt like I was watching like a soap opera on TV. It like it didn't feel like a movie to me when I was watching the Hobbit. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that, that, you know, like these movie novelties, it's like 3d stuck around longer than that, but it's like, you know, people, how, you know, I guess we're in where it's about time for the 3d thing to come back. Doesn't come back every 20 years or so. Yeah. Just about, cause it was what, like the early eighties, mid eighties when uh, that yeah. was happening. And then, yeah, about 20, 25 years later, uh, we started getting this craze. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, and then uh, you got to remember too that uh, this is specifically this movie was 100% shot on um, uh, digital cameras, and it looks like it. Yeah, uh, the the credits will remind you of that immediately. It's like, uh, yeah, this is 3D. Let's remind everybody they're watching 3D. Credits are awful, Luke. They hurt your eyes. <laughs> well. I'm sure I fucking loved this back in 2009 <laughs> when it was flying out my face. And I was like, this is why I came here. <laughs> I came here for this. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, seeing it not 3D and poorly rendered CGI. Uh, yeah, it's basically it's, it's the movie throws, uh, you know, like newspaper cutouts at you and, and badly rendered and textured uh, graphics at your eyes. And um, yeah, you know. Uh, 14 years later it, it looks like shit it's it's like it's it doesn't look as bad as like early 2000 cgi but it looks too perfect and like too clean i mean it looks like a playstation 2 cutscene. come on it, it's not good <laughs> better better than that come on give it a little bit of credit a playstation 3 cutscene. and the annoying thing for us being fans of practical effects is like 85 90 percent of the gore in this movie is CGI with like little bits of real stuff in there. It's too much. Whatever it is, there's too much of it. Um, sometimes it works okay. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work very well. And sometimes it looks like horse shit. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the practical effects are, are saved for the after stuff. And they are very good. Whoever uh, made all those um, all those fake bodies. Like the body props. Yeah. Yeah, that guy or girl uh, deserves all the praise because it looks those look fantastic, and there's a lot of them. This movie is this movie has a very high body count, by the way. It's it's way way up there. Well, and the reason it has that is because um, it reshoots the end of the original movie. It like it almost feels like you're like dropped into the end of the movie, and that's because you are. It's like it's it's showing you the end of the first movie. They remade that part. And it's like, this movie is weird in that it's like a sequel slash remake. Yeah. It lives in a weird, like little zone uh, of its own. It's, it's weird. Cause yeah, that's what it feels like at first. Like it's going to be a sequel to the 1981 
uh, original. But then it, after that initial, uh, you know, that party massacre scene, which is how the, you know, 1981 version ended, uh, it kind of just falls back into just becoming a remake for the most part, right? Yeah, it just, it, it's just, you know, it can't make up its mind about what it wants to be. There's some character swaps, but yeah, other than that, it's the original movie. Right. I mean, there's a- after the ending of the original movie at the beginning part of the new movie. <laughs> right. I hope we, we're not losing you guys with all this fucking, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's, yeah, there's a character named Axel, but in this movie, he's the sheriff, the new sheriff. Uh, there's a a character that gets killed by getting, well, she gets, we don't know how she gets killed. There's a lot of off screen kills in this movie. That's another issue that I have with it. Uh, but she gets discovered, uh, you know, by somebody opening up a dryer and she's, you know, like a, like a steaming corpse, which is straight out of the original 1981 movie. Um, there's the chocolate boxes. Yep. There's the chocolate boxes with the hearts in them that are being sent to the sheriff's office. That's right. A lot of the same beats from the from the 1981 original. And the person who is playing the original sheriff from the original movie is uh, none other than uh, Tom Adkins. Thrill me. Grab me a beer. Watch me have sex with people 20 years my junior. <laughs> Last scene on the Review to Death podcast for Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Man, I, uh, I I love seeing Tom Atkins in anything. Uh, that guy's that guy's great, and then uh, his introduction in this movie is, is couldn't be better. <laughs> couldn't be more Tom. True Atkins-y. Tom Atkins fashion. Yeah, he, he. So the movie. You know, let's get there. So after the awful 3D opening credits, uh, we get a, a a quick scene of an explosion in the mine, a very CGI explosion in the in the mine. And one of the people that uh, survives, I think maybe the only person that survives is this guy called Harry Warden. Uh, He wakes up in the hospital. uh, I think this is like a year after the explosion. He's been in a coma the entire time for this whole year. He wakes up in the hospital and then just goes fucking hog wild and kills everybody in the hospital. And it looks like he literally killed everyone in the hospital. Because the next time we see him, well, next time we see the scene... Is it's full of those real realistic looking uh, dead bodies, and they're just all over the place. And Tom Adkins sees one of them and goes, "Happy fucking Valentine!" <laughs> <laughs> and it's great because he's like looking at himself in the mirror, but like the killer drew a heart and blood in the mirror, so it's like right. a bloody heart is framing Tom Atkins's face, and he's like super somber and serious, like "Happy fucking Valentine!" I'm like. Hell yeah, this movie's great. And then that's when it cuts over to the mine. This is the whole like remake of the ending of the first movie. This is 10 years later, get... by the way. No, it's not 10 years later yet. It is 10 years later. Yep. We're going back. No, they show you no, they show you the they show you the 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 massacre in the mine first. And then it's 10 years later when uh fucking Jensen Eccles shows up. I mean, you see him earlier. Right. But that mind massacre happens no like at the very beginning of the movie. No, dude, it's it is it's 10 that's it, 10 years after the massacre at the um uh at the hospital. That's 10 years after. Yeah, which which is I was just saying. That's what they they show you that first. Okay. All right, maybe. And then it's 10 years later. Cuz because they introduce all the characters. That's where you get introduced to Axel, who is not the sheriff yet. 
Okay. And then that's when you get Sarah. And that's when you get um, whoever I, what's his character name? Eccles, his name. What is it? Oh, Tom. Tom. You get all those guys and they're having like the party in the mine. And it's the, it's the remake of the original ending, you know, with the, the mine coming down and the guy running out of the mine tunnel. Okay, so this is happening at the same time as the right. hospital. Okay, so yes, the hospital massacre just precedes the mine massacre. Right, okay. and then it's 10 years later after that. I guess what I'm trying to say here, and what's so confusing about this, is that the story is, you're not going to be invested in the story in this movie. It sucks. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's it's very episodic. It's, it's just, it, you know, it's it's you know, spurts and stops here and there and it goes, which is fine. Actually, it, it worked for me in the last half of the movie because it just, it goes from one kill scene to the next, which is what I'm here for. Uh, anyway, right. uh, so yeah, but it's no story wise, as far as like flow, not great. And so now it's 10 years later and Axel is the sheriff and he's married to Sarah and Tom shows back up, you know, because he's been gone for 10 years yeah he's just mysteriously gone for 10 years and he's trying to like reintroduce himself into his life that he used to have right and he he like owns a large majority of the mine so he's here to sell it he wants to sell the mine to some you know big company which is gonna you know affect the town uh you know to a large extent because the that's the town's livelihood is that mine so there's another character another guy uh you've seen him a lot he always plays like the uh the old guy that uh is like uh you know up to nefarious purposes and stuff like that um this is ben foley he's like he's like the other owner of the mine he's like the senior owner and so him and him and tom are discussing all this stuff you find out uh throughout all this too that axel is a is a fucking douchebag as well because all he does is cheat on his wife he's having fucking salacious relations with uh this girl megan uh this young girl megan who works with his wife sarah in their uh like grocery store like like, like the one grocery store in town and he takes her to uh uh, well, Marcus and I dubbed the like the fuck cabin because that's pretty much what's going on in that cabin. And it's a dilapidated thing in the woods. Yeah, it, just imagine like the fucking Evil Dead Two cabin, but it's just for fucking. And uh, that's that's what's. And going here's on. what I don't get. So is like Axel. All right. So at the end of this scene, Megan gives him a box of chocolates because it's it's almost valentine's day so she gives him the box of chocolate and it's like real romantic and he's like eh, you know right. whatever i don't want this shit and he like throws it on the floor like later on towards the end of the movie um when they're back in the fuck cabin because everything revolves around the fuck cabin it does um a, a, a cabinet gets open and a whole bunch of like heart-shaped chocolate boxes fall out right with like cards so my question is is it axel is he like doing this with lots of different women that always give him a box of chocolates afterwards or is megan just freaking out of her mind and every time they go there she brings him a box of chocolates so i think ultimately what's revealed is that okay so we're getting into spoiler alert territory here right because we're we're, yeah. we're there so it's revealed that tom's the killer okay he's the guy that's doing the whole thing uh i think ultimately it's revealed that tom was the one that like 
just fucking stock the fuck cabin just chock full of these like empty heart-shaped boxes okay but but at the time while we're watching the movie and then that scene played out when the old that is discovered it's supposed to be a big red herring to make you think that axel is uh the miner you know aka the killer uh and I, which kind of got me for a minute, because I thought like, okay, wait, maybe he's just like that guy, that sleazy dude from like the Blob that had the fucking, uh, the rape trunk member, and he would gave he would yeah. give all the girls like a ring, yeah, like ring, yeah. yeah. So this was like you know like Axel's stash of heart shaped boxes that he would just give to all his conquests, like oh here's you know here's one for you. <laughs> But it turns out, uh, yeah, that uh, he was he was being set up. Yeah, there there was the most like uh, the most like oh, it's probably this person because the he runs at the camera. That's the most that's happened since Scream. Yeah, but it's honestly it doesn't work because it really it's it it could only be two people. It could only be Tom or it could be Axel, and really it can't be Axel. I mean, it's the, right. the movie is so obviously trying to make you think it's axel with you know and if you know anything about red herrings if you've watched a slasher or two uh you're gonna figure out real quick that it's not axel which leaves well fucking tom so let's finish this up here um because i want to get to the uh like (laughs) the the reason we watch this movie is for the kill scenes so it is revealed that tom is and like they do like one of those traditional reveals where it's like uh um, it's like, oh, it's been him all along. So like they show, you know, past scenes and it's actually him in the minor costume. And, uh, they do a couple of two thousands eras, like flash in flash out costume on costume off thing. So, uh, that's how you find out that Tom's actually the killer. And, and again, it's not done particularly well and it's not subtle. It's all in your face. Well, they do, you know, they, they cause this movie would be like extremely easy to figure out from the get-go if they didn't do this. So I, I guess I kind of, I get it. They, they do some scenes where Tom sees the miner kill people. So you're like, Oh, there's a scene where, where Tom is, he goes to the mine to discuss selling the mine, but now he doesn't want to sell the mine because he wants to stay because he wants to be with Sarah because Sarah used to be his like, you know, former flame or whatever. Uh, so he goes to the mine to discuss this with, um, you know, with Ben Foley uh, but instead he gets attacked by the miner, uh, him and this other, you know, uh, worker that works at the mine and the miner locks Tom in like this, like utility cage and he breaks the lock and then he, Tom sees the miner kill this other worker. So it makes you think like, okay, well it obviously can't be fucking Tom because you can see the right. dude, you know, killing this other, um, you know, this other, uh, worker. But, uh, you know, again, at the end it's revealed that, uh, Tom's been every time you see Tom looking at the miner, which is a couple times, it's, it's just, you know, he, it's kind of a fight club type situation. He's, you know, he's seeing, you know, it's a whatever his his crazy mind is, is forcing him to see, I guess, or delusional mind. I, I don't know how you would you know say that. But uh, yeah, it's it, he's not really there. So it's it's really it, it really is Tom. And that's my bloody Valentine 3D. Like, that's the gist of it. Um, but the reason why anybody watches this movie is because of the kill scenes. And we've already talked about a couple of them, but the first like new one we get is, uh, is a unnamed woman and man having sexy times at a motel. Pretty graphic. (laughs) The most graphic thing in the movie, uh, which I totally forgot about from my first watching 14 years ago. 
You mean Irene? You don't forget Irene. Irene. You can't forget Irene. Irene. <laughs> there's there's such throwaway characters. They might as well not have any names. Yeah, no, this is a scene that stuck with me. <laughs> uh, 14 years later, when they showed the, uh, the exterior of the hotel, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the scene where there's going to be a girl that's completely nude. Uh, full frontal nudity, uh, getting chased around by the uh, the miner, and um, that's what happens. She spends uh, the, the pretty much the entirety of the scene running around buck ass naked, getting chased around by the miner, and then she puts a like a frame of a of a bed frame between herself and the miner. A metal bed frame with holes in it. Yeah, between herself and the miner as protection. And that goes about as well as you think it does. Um, but uh, yeah, this scene's pretty good. It just, it ends kind of anticlimactically because again, she's killed off screen, which is something that this movie unfortunately does a lot of, which is a bummer. Yeah, and then you see her her corpse later on which looks which great we've already mentioned it's great yeah yeah it looks awesome you know hearts like your every every single person the miner kills they, they he cuts the chest open he rips their heart out so the, the 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 corpses look you know pretty fucking gnarly also lots of 3d effects in this scene there's a scene when lots the, the the scene starts with irene having sex with her like like asshole trucker boyfriend by the way, every guy in this movie is terrible. Every single one. Asshole. All, every single one, yeah. There's no redeeming qualities about any of these dudes. Uh, Axel is 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 a womanizing shithead. Uh, Tom is crazy as all get out. It, it just, it's all bad. But anyway, there's a, there's a fucking choice scene when uh, Irene, uh, she finds out that her, her shitty trucker you know, hookup uh, was filming their sex scene. They're very graphic and prolonged sex scene the entire time. And he's like, oh, you know, what are you going to do? And he fucking walks out of the room. And, <laughs> yeah. And so she she fucking grabs a gun because she's got one. And then she she goes out there and he's like, you're not going to shoot me. And so she throws it at him. And so you get like a CGI gun like fucking <laughs> flying through the air. Like it goes into the screen and it's, you know, whatever. And then the miner fucking shoves a pickaxe into the top of his head, which is actually pretty cool. That was cool. And then sort of sad to say, after this scene, the movie sort of slows down a bit, man. Yeah, it kind of does. So, so then we get a lot of like backstory. We talk, you know, they talk about, you know, Tom's relationship with Sarah, like how they were going to hook up. And then he left town after that, you know, whole, you know, party massacre thing. And um, yeah, not, not a whole lot happens for a while until that, uh, you know, that Tom scene where uh, he, you know, he, you know, he sees the miner kill the other miner. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of not, you know, not a lot of, that's a pretty, on. that's a pretty good fight. Um, cause that miner sort of fights back and there's a bunch of pickaxes going through forearms and being shoved into chests and he actually kills himself. He like pops the big pickaxe back into his forehead. Right. Yeah. The miner kicks the pickaxe into the other dude's head. And then the guy, the Ben Rigby guy or whatever his name is, what was his name? Uh, Ben Foley. Ben Foley, he gets killed by Tom. Well, it's minor Tom. And before that, it's revealed that uh, by Axel that Ben Foley and uh, Sheriff Burke, Tom Atkins, uh, they actually tracked down Harry uh, after that massacre at the mine, and they they did some vigilante justice and they killed him, uh, and they buried him in a shallow grave. To which Tom is like, "This is bullshit. I don't believe you." So they go out there and they like they find the grave, but it's empty. So you're like, "Oh shit, what's going on now? Is this like a Jason Six type situation?" 
Well, it comes back in the reveal later on that Tom went out there earlier and dug it up and took the minor costume. Right. That's where he got the costume from. Because you got to remember that he was there at the party and uh, the Harry Warden got like blasted right in front of Tom. So that like, you know, I guess that's his, you know, traumatizing moment. So that's, uh, you know, that that's kind of why he is the way he is, I guess. I don't know. You shouldn't be too fucking deep into this movie. No, it doesn't... you really shouldn't. <laughs> By the way, Tom, uh, you know, if it isn't obvious enough that it's really him, he, he's popping pills the entire time in this movie. Yeah. Like, they're never revealed. Yeah. We don't know what the fuck they are, but he just, every so often, Jason Eccles fucking opens up a can of pills and just pops a bunch into his mouth and stares up into the distance and then he just, you know, keeps on doing <laughs> Then you got like the the uh, the movies version of Walmart with Sarah and Megan, Axel's wife and mistress, uh, getting chased by the miner and uh, in the grocery you know, store. And the, yeah, this stupidity ensues. You know, typical like horror logic, and this is where we got like a little bit of Jason uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Jason teleportation, like because they're trying to climb out the window. As the miners trying to Tom, the miners trying to, you know, bust in through the door. And then um, like when Megan's halfway out the window, like Tom just appears outside. Tom dressed as the miner. We don't know he's Tom yet. Appears outside and pulls her out and kills her off screen. But it's like seconds. Like he had to walk through the entire store out the front and around the back. Dude, yeah, he's straight up fucking nightcrawlers out there, man. Because we just fucking <laughs> saw him like busting, trying to bust through the door, and then all of a sudden, bam, he's out there, and you know, dragging Megan out, and then, and then again, killing her off screen. Uh, by the way, this scene doesn't make sense for uh, a couple of reasons. One is that, and then the other reason is uh, there's apparently a fucking panic button in that room the entire time, and it. <laughs> Which they never press. Only well, they do, but it isn't until after Megan end. isn't. Yeah, it isn't until after Megan gets dragged out through the window, and then Sarah's like, "Oh shit, that's right!" And she presses this button, and then it's like all the alarms go off, and that's when the police show up, and they're like, "Well, Megan's fucking super dead." I mean, this all leads up like a, Sarah finds out about Axel's uh, infidelity at some point because they're in the they. She makes it to the fuck cabin, doesn't she? she, she that's how she finds she, out. She does, but we got to talk about the miner visiting uh, Axel's house and um, fucking killing his maid, and then oh yeah, Sheriff Burke. Yeah, because it's the best kill in the movie, but also the worst. I know, I know. It, there's they also, ruin it, man. It, there's also a really good callback. This is the one I mentioned earlier. Uh, the miner sneaks into the house, which I wasn't super sure about the relationship here. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume Sheriff Burke was like Sarah's dad or something, because he's like there watching Sarah's kid along with uh, this maid that uh, Axel and Sarah can apparently afford to pay to fucking clean their fucking house like i don't all weird right like what the fuck was that about yeah so yeah the the miner sneaks into the axles into the axles house uh kills the maid throws her in the dryer and then uh it's uh one of uh sheriff burke's deputies that finds her because the dryer is making this weird noise and he opens up she opens up this uh the dryer and this like steaming fucking burnt burnt up corpse falls out of it which is Straight out of the 1981 original. And then we get, like Marcus said, the coolest kill, most brutal kill, uh, that quickly turns into not a good kill uh, of Sheriff, Sheriff Burke. 
Because he's fighting with the miner, and the miner gives him the old pickaxe to the bottom of the chin. And it's up through his mouth. And then he yanks on it, and his jaw just rips off, and it looks really good. And you're like, oh. And then, of course, they have to 3Dify it. And think about if you've seen like Jaws 3D, about how jarring some of that shit is. It's like that, it's like you've got really cool effect, and then all of a sudden, it's like the worst. Like Microsoft Paint jaw bones, like flying at the screen. And you're like, no, oh, you ruined it. I think that was literally our reaction. It was like, oh, shit, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's it's so bad. Yeah, it really it does. It looks like someone like fucking photoshopped the fucking, you know, like a mandible and CGI'd it onto the screen. It looks so bad. It looks terrible. And it is the worst CG shot until the end, which we will get to shortly. Right, right. Uh, this is about the time that Axel discovers that Tom's been in a mental institution for the last seven years uh, while Sarah and Tom are in a, a Jeep driving away because at this point, Tom's convinced Sarah that uh, maybe Axel is not on the up and up. Right, which leads to the reveal in the mine. They're all back in the mine. And like it's Sarah and Tom and Axel and both Axel and Tom are trying to tell her then it's, you know, it's the other one. And uh, Axel him. says, no, well, shoot just him. shoot. Yeah, just shoot. But then Axel's like, well, shoot both of us. And Tom's like, whoa, whoa, wait you know? a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> settle down now. And then, and then Tom starts freaking out because he's like, he's right behind you. And like the miner's right behind you. And you shoot him, turn around, shoot him now. And then the miner like walks right past her and then like looks at Tom and disappears. And that's when you get the, the whole reveal right about who Tom is. Right. Right. And plus before that, he was like, I don't know. He revealed some details about Megan's death that only the killer would know. So he, he gives, then, gives himself up. Yeah. And yeah, but it's, yeah, the, the miner walking, it's such a bad reveal too. Cause it's like, it's like, it it's is. like, it's so like made for TV movie. Cause he like, he literally like fades away. Like, you know, yeah. old school, like fade away effects. And so Sarah, Sarah shoots at Tom a few times. Tom fucks off down the, the mind because you're supposed to believe that he's like struggling with his own identity. Right. You know, and he really believes he's Tom, but now he's like, you know, he's fucked in the head. He is the minor. Right. And this, this next scene is actually pretty good. It's pretty effective. He's walking back on, um, cause, uh, Axel's been stabbed by Tom. Yeah. Like they got into a, they got into fisticuffs with the pickaxe. Yeah, he got pickaxe in the gut. So Axel's like sort of hobbled over and Sarah's holding him up and, He's pointing the gun down the mine and the mine shaft and Tom starts walking and he's got his pickaxe and he starts like breaking the light bulbs. And every time he breaks the light bulbs, it like it like flashes, like it puts the miner costume on him and then off again. I really like this. Which is, this was, was pretty good. It looked pretty good. Really, it happened with every light. Really enjoy this because he does it several times and every time, yeah, like you said, it is just a little, you know, it's almost like a subliminal uh, little flash of him in the, in the right. costume. I think it's a fucking great great scene and then uh they don't shoot at him for whatever reason well there's one Maybe bullet because there's one bullet left yeah that's right he but you don't know that until afterwards mm. he says there's one bullet left right. he says don't miss right and uh she sort of misses luke <laughs> yeah kind of i mean she still kind of gets him on the side and again this is uh the other really horrible the second worst cgi shot in the whole movie yeah <laughs> so you remember in the Matrix in 1999 <laughs> when uh, fucking Neo dodged that bullet uh, or a couple of bullets 
uh, well, they do that, but it looks a whole lot worse than that. And uh, it doesn't look Sarah, good. Yeah, Sarah shoots the 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 gun, this big ass hand cannon, and you see the bullet in super duper duper slow motion fly through the air, and it flies into the screen, and then it, the fucking camera pans to the side of the bullet, and then it pans behind the bullet. So now you see the bullet flying forward, and it flies into Jason Eccles' side. And all of a sudden, he's surrounded by like CG Jason Eccles organs, and then it fl- <laughs> it flies through that, and then it hits a bunch of like canisters that are behind Jason Eccles, which sets off a CGI fireball, and it blows up Jason Eccles. But it doesn't though, because he is uh, unscathed. He's buried under some rocks, like because like you know flashes to like the rescuers showing up, and Sarah and Axel are out, and they're you know they have their their talk out on the stretcher and whatnot, but then it goes back in and, and Tom's still there and he's not burnt at all. He's got maybe some blood on his face. He kills one of the rescuers. And then, um, you know, as the movie's panning away, uh, Tom gets out in a rescuer costume and, uh, roll credits. So, you know, it's 14 years. Might go ahead and make another one, make another remake, make a remake of the remake. Yeah, he looks in the camera and like kind of smiles. <laughs> yeah, he looks he looks like he took like maybe like a slight tumble off the stairs. He doesn't like he looks barely fucking hurt at all. Um, Despite the fact that we just saw his organs fly across the screen. Well, yeah, a bullet traveled through him, and then he was like a ground zero of these tanks exploding. But he's cool. It's all good. Yeah, he's fine. Well, give me give me your final thoughts. On my bloody Valentine, two thousand nine. Um, there's something to be said about this one. I, I I liked it. It's it's fucking. This is one of those like turn your brain off at the door movies, uh, for sure. Whereas like the nineteen eighty one movie is is uh, it's got some class. Like I don't know, man. Like this, it was like this really low budget nineteen eighty one uh Canadian slasher movie. That came out of nowhere and just became, I mean, it didn't do much at the time. It, it didn't, you know, it was, it be, became a sleeper, uh, a hit over time. But uh, man, that movie is is fantastic. And it's a, it, definitely watch it. Like Marcus and I said, watch the unrated version because it's got some of the, the fucking gnarliest kills in a slasher movie you'll ever see. And, but it, it had a good story. You were invested in it. You wanted to see, it was like a really good whodunit. Uh, if you like whodunits, Fucking check that movie out. My Bloody Valentine 3D uh, is none of those things. It is a fucking showcase for bad CGI, uh, 3D flying at the screen. Um, It's really, really horny. Uh, It's just a collection of scenes that happened. Uh, And somehow it's still fun for me to watch because it's paced pretty well. There's not much of a downtime except for that middle part where they kind of like, you know, try and flesh out the non-existent story. Uh, but uh, I like both movies. If I, if I have to pick one, obviously I'll pick the 1981 movie, but uh, this one's still fun. It's, it's, it's like, I don't know, man, it's like filler. It's like eating popcorn. It's not bad. I'm going to disagree a bit with Luke on this one. Uh, as I've discovered while watching, uh, <laughs> eight-legged freaks last month is that I, I guess I don't have a whole lot of patience or nostalgia for these 2000s eras movies. And man, this movie is just not that good. It's too long, you know, 
I feel like sort of got those uh, same vibes I got rewatching Scream 2 last year, which is way too long. It's almost two hours. Jeez. Um, but it's too long. It, the story is not very good at all. You know, once you get past those uh, kill scenes, which are fun, there's not much there. So, um, yeah, I don't need to watch this one anymore. Hey, by the way, so you want to know the uh, the budget versus box office on this? Because it's kind of stunning. Go ahead. Yeah, give it to us. So the budget for this movie was $14 million, which is about sounds about right after watching what we just watched. Uh, you know how much money this movie made? And, Probably a lot. And, and you got to, again, factor in the fact that, you know, the 3D ticket sales had a lot to do with this. Well, there was also, I remember there being a pretty giant marketing campaign for this one, too. Well, well either way, uh, for a $14 million movie, it made $100.7 million. Isn't that crazy? I'm, su- I'm surprised they didn't make another one, unless they did, and I just never heard about it. No, nah, dude, I don't. They've never no man. They never fucking made another one, man. That, that was that was it. I, which is shocking that there wasn't another like a follow up because you if you figure for sure they would have at least made one more of these, right? So yeah, no, they still can. Huge hit. Jensen Eccles is Jensen Eccles is out there. He'd be down for fucking doing another one of these, man. I, I would watch that shit in a, in a heartbeat. <laughs> Make it three D again. Why the fuck not? Once upon a time, on a sad valentine, in a place known as Anniger Mine, a legend began, every woman and man would always remember the time, and those who remained were never the same, you could see the fear in their eyes, once every year as the 14th draws near. So we continued our Valentine's episode tradition, Luke, with another My Bloody Valentine. So without further ado, it's Is This a Rom-Com or Horror Movie Quiz Time? like last year luke i'm going to read you the descriptions to some movies here and uh, you're going to have to guess um if it's a rom-com or a horror movie and then you can get a bonus point if you can guess what that movie is okay and just like last year these clues turned out to be a lot more difficult to write than i thought they would be (laughs) all right hit me with them so uh, you're going to be competing against yourself and last year you got five points out of six questions. Okay. Is it a point per question or? It's a point per question okay. and then an extra point if you can guess the movie. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. So last year you had a really good time uh, guessing whether it was a horror or rom-com. You did well with that. But you uh, you were agonizingly close but no cigar to guessing the movies. Okay. Famously confusing Sleepless in Seattle with You've Got Mail. No, I can't be the first fucking person to do that. <laughs> no way. No All right. Way. So just so just like last year, there's five questions. Are you ready for number one? Let's go. A group of young filmmakers travel out to the country to make the best little love film they can. While there, they discover that love has many faces. Okay. 
So, so uh, horror rom com first. It's horror. That is correct. Okay, I know this. This is I got. I'm all over this. This is X. Yeah, this is definitely X. Okay. You got it. Good job. Because that movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> two points. You're already you're already close to beating yourself from uh, 2022. Okay. All right, number two. A woman on her way to reunite with her fiance stops at a motel and dines with the owner. That, that's it. That's what I got. That's okay. it. Yeah. She she stops at a motel and then dines with the owner. Yep. A diner. Okay. Um rom-com. Don't think diner, think motel. Oh, motel, motel. Okay, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, that Okay. Never mind. It's a horror movie. It is a horror movie. It's psycho. Yep. It is psycho. Oh, yeah. You're doing good, man. You got four points already. Awesome. All right, number three. As a man works on the destruction of those smaller than him, a woman relentlessly sends him mail that he cannot seem to stop thinking about. Okay. Um, that's got to be a rom-com. That's true. It is a rom-com. So she's sending him mail that he can't stop thinking about? Yeah. Is this you got mail again, motherfucker? It is. It is actually you've got mail this God time. God damn it. I fucking all. Oh. You, you got it though, dude. You got you got six points. You've already beat yourself. So now all you're doing now all you're doing is setting a high bar for next year. All right, this is cake from here on out. <laughs> all right, number four. A young couple moves to the big city to start a family. Soon their hopes and dreams come true as their little bundle of joy will change the world forever. To the to the big city? Yep. Okay, this is a horror movie. It is a horror movie, so you got a point. Is this the omen? No, this is Rosemary's Baby. Fuck. Okay, all right. Damn it. I was in the wheelhouse though. That that those You were. Yeah, you were there. Close. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. And here's here's question number five. And uh just like last year, I lied. There's six questions, so you got two more. What the fuck? <laughs> That's the exact same thing you said last year. <laughs> I went back, literally, I went back and listened to it because I wanted to make sure I did not, uh, <laughs> I did not want to repeat myself. <laughs> All right. Number five, an obsessed writer becomes infatuated with a local waitress. All comes to a boil on a cross country trip. Cross country trip. Obsessed. Writer. In a car. I guess it's in a car. I should have put that in there. Okay. It's like a road trip movie. Not quite, but there is a good section in the middle. Okay. So an infatuated writer becomes obsessed with a waitress. Mm-hmm. And then what was the last part? I'm sorry. All comes to a boil on a, on a uh, cross country road trip. Cross country road trip. Okay. Okay. Man, I, I, fuck. I don't know this. I don't think I know this one. Uh, well, horror or rom-com? I'm going to guess rom-com. It is a rom-com, and I'll give you an actress that's in the movie. Okay. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Oh, is, is this as, uh, as good as it gets? Yeah, it is. Oh, there you go. Sweet. That's a great movie. I like that movie a lot. All right. Last question. A woman's life is changed forever after a car crash as she is forced to relive the tragedy day after day in search of happiness. Okay. After a car crash. Uh horror movie? Uh no, it's a rom com. Damn it. Oh, 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 hold on. Go ahead. What is it? It is 51st dates. 
is. Yeah. It's 50 first dates. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> With fucking Adam Sandler. <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. You did much better than last year. Here you go. Two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You got ten points, man. Damn, dude. Fucking blew it. I'm a better man than I was last <laughs> year. That's what, that's what that means. Yeah, absolutely. Good job. Pat myself on the back. The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Reviewed to Death. You can also send us emails at death at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up next. Well, coming up next, we're super excited. We're going to do another crossover episode with the guys from Midnight Terrors. And we're going to be discussing killer clowns from outer space. Uh, We're super excited. That's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. (laughs) It's like obnoxiously 3D. Here you, go. Here you guys go. You guys, this is why you paid the extra money for the 3D glasses. You like these fucking credits flying into your eyeballs? You getting your money's worth yet? You like this shit? Check this shit out. Look at that. Miracle One Survives just came out of the screen. You wouldn't have seen that without the glasses. Yeah, look at that. Look at that fucking CGI helmet. Does that look good? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Dude, God. this is 2009. Why does yeah. it look like that? Because it's 3D and they didn't know how to render in 3D back then. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Oh, man. Luke, we so, got to go see some more movies in 3D. Someone didn't know how to texture in 3D. Oh, my God. Look at this. It's real bad. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm pumped. I can't wait to see more 3D stuff like that. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Holy shit.